Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Google the Guggenheim. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to talk to my guest, the great Stan Conti. Stan, thanks so much for waking up early to be with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a pleasure being there. What do you Uh, think about the crazy idea of comparing Phil Necro's knuckleball pitch to Jimmy Page riding Stairway to Heaven? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a good quote. I also wanted to add one more Euchre quote. Uh, when you talk, when you were mentioning that he, uh, you know, he the more they threw it, the more he caught it. I think the the real quote was the way to catch a knuckleball is to wait till it stops rolling and then pick it up. So <laughs> I think that, that might be a more appropriate quote. In the operating room, we we always say all bleeding eventually stops, but the patient may not still be alive, but it eventually yeah. stops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. before we get into it, I I want to, if I'm going to actually make Jimmy Page like Phil Necro, controlling the uncontrollable, is it something that you see in pitchers? Your world is, is in injury and in rehab and in training Major League Baseball players. The connection between their technique and ultimately leading to injury sometimes, and I remember being with Dr. Job during my fellowship in 1988, where you had Oral Hershiser and Fernando Valenzuela, both of them tore their labrum in their shoulder. One had surgery, the other didn't. And Fernando ended up throwing a no-hitter and saying no to surgery on his labrum. Obviously, what happened to Oral and his great success afterwards after surgery is legendary. But talk to me about pretty much pitchers who don't necessarily follow the rules. Oh, well, um, you know, when you talk about uh, control more than anything else, it it really has to be with consistency of pitching, reproducibility more than anything else. Um, And uh, when you look at control, it kind of gets you in what we look at from an injury standpoint uh, is performance metrics. and, you know, if all of a sudden the guy cannot get the strike zone, his, his walks per nine go up, that may be an indicator of different things. So, you know, you talk about what you can control, um, you know, after the ball leaves your hand, you have no control. So the, the, the whole mechanics of that, the spin on the ball, uh, where the release points are, have to be consist- consistent. And probably the, the most, the guy who had that more than anything else was Greg Maddox just really mm. consistent delivery, and he, he pitched a lot of years without having an injury. So mm. injuries are definitely related uh, to how they throw the ball, what type of pitches they're throwing. And mm. so when you really get into the knuckleball, you see that these knuckleball pitchers over the decades and really the centuries uh, have been able to throw a lot of pitches without an injury. Uh, and that's because, that one, the knuckleball – doesn't have spin on it. That's the whole point of it. But also, they don't uh, throw the ball hard. It's usually between 60 and 70 miles per hour. So injuries are all about in too much stress on different parts, whether it's your ulnar collateral ligament or it's on your shoulder and the labrum. 
um, th those forces, as they increase, obviously the tissues can only take so much from a physiological standpoint. So, so when you look at the knuckleballer, he doesn't actually take his arm back that far, which is that layback position. Um, and he go, because he's not throwing that hard, he doesn't reach back as far. And that particular part of the uh, pitching mechanics is called um, a late cocking, early acceleration. And that's what puts the most stress on the ulnar flyer ligament. And that's where that usually tears. These guys aren't throwing that hard. They're not putting that much pressure on their ligament. And they're sort of pushing the ball as opposed to getting right out so they don't have the spin, they decrease stresses. So you see these unbelievable numbers like a Negro, you know, not, not just his wins, but he, he threw over 5,000 pitches in his career, ranking him like third or fourth on the all-time list. Um, and he pitched in over 800 games. Uh, so he was able to do that because the stress was less. Hmm. You know, our mutual friend, good friend, Neil Elitrosh, I remember having a, a long conversation with him about looking inside the professional baseball player, and it could be for college or high school as well, when you're inside with your arthroscope looking at the joint of the fastball pitcher who's throwing 100 miles an hour, which is completely abnormal for a human being to be able to do that with their arm and their shoulder. And I remember Neil telling me, Robbie, you got to be careful because what you're going to see in there is all abnormal because by definition, you need a shoulder to be abnormal to be able to throw 100 miles an hour because that's not normal. So you may not want to fix everything you see, the laxity in the capsule and all the rest of it that you may encounter. You better not tighten it up like you would do in a weekend warrior because if you do, you can't throw 100 miles an hour anymore. So learning what's really the pathology causing the pain versus fixing everything that, that is abnormal. In your world, Stan, mm -hmm. did you ever modify your rehab where you wouldn't necessarily rehab a weekend warrior and their elbow and their shoulder the same way you would a warrior, which is a professional mm -hmm. baseball pitcher? Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. Uh, it's not even apples and oranges. It's apples and uh, a, a chair. It's totally different uh, in regards to how you approach these things. And, um, you know, and when you're rehabbing these things, you have to understand, I think you make a really great point on uh, the slap tear, which is a tear of the layer boom. Um, what we found over the years, and, and uh, Dr. Elishrash obviously knows this, is that there is some normal tearing of the top part of the labrum. Um, because your arm needs to go farther back, and it adopt, adapts over time. So you, you have to – and early on, 20 years ago, when they started doing label surgeries, they would see this and they would 